We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and joined as always by my co-host here on Rotoviz Overtime. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, fantasy football today and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the NFL in general as well as uh, we normally do. And uh, I guess there's only one way to get it out of the way is to, to tear the band-aid off. And uh, obviously we had been hoping for a, a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl uh you know for two weeks from now but unfortunately we're we're getting half we're getting 50 percent off that uh and uh, that is the the 50 that you'll be enjoying i can also say that i am 100 percent a kansas city chiefs fan uh for the next couple of weeks so uh, this is the the kansas city chiefs uh podcast uh for the next couple of days i think but obviously the packers uh coming up a little bit short against the the buccaneers the chiefs getting the the job done against the buffalo bills uh, two pretty entertaining games all around. Um, I guess congratulations, Sean, to you on the the Chiefs uh, making it making it back again. And I was just looking at some of the the Patrick Mahomes stats from uh, basically from the start of his career to this point, and uh, it is they they are almost hard to believe just how successful he has been, how consistent he has been in terms of you know games lost, games lost by more than one score, and and how many games been down by you know nine or ten points and uh, coming back in the playoffs and things like that just just incredible so um it's going to be it's going to be a good game but uh, congrats to you and, and the chiefs yeah well i think certainly the congratulations go to patrick mahomes travis kelsey tyree kill they were fantastic again in this one one of the interesting things that i could keep going back to with this team is that you know it's this balance between 
the star power and the real lack they have in some other positions. I mean, they don't really have anything now at running back. They haven't for a while. The offensive line is really decimated at this point with the injuries that they've had. And beyond Kelsey and Hill, they don't have anything else at the wide receiver positions they don't have that depth you know you contrast them with the green bay packers for example and and obviously the packers had some some big mistakes the equinemius st brown two-point conversion drop really affected that game i think and a little bit in terms of the momentum but it definitely tactically made a big difference down the stretch in terms of what the packers were going to have to do so it's not like all the receivers played well for them, but I, I like what they have on that team. Robert Tanyan emerging, certainly nothing like a Travis Kelsey, but a secondary weapon there. Alan Lazard showing off his size and athleticism. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, really a star in the postseason. And so you've got some guys to go with Devonta Adams there. So you kind of contrast that. And, and I know that Packers fans and, and certainly Packers writers, uh, generally, uh, I think the NFL fan base as a whole would have liked to have seen them do something different this past season with the draft that really came back into focus after this particular game but you contrast what the Packers have to the Chiefs and I guess to a certain extent it really depends on what you think of McCall Hardman he had the big uh, drop of the punt early on that put the Chiefs back in the situation they found themselves in throughout the 2019 playoffs where they were coming from behind coming from behind you alluded to that and yet he did make some plays later on they got him the ball he's a really manufactured touch kind of player he doesn't do anything in terms of of real pass routes but they got it to him on a little toss they got him a little bit of a screen able to get him back in that game but beyond travis kelsey and tyreek hill the chiefs don't have a lot and yet teams are not able to stop them i don't know exactly what a team you know like the buffalo bills is doing in this game the bills have a good secondary we've talked on the show a little bit in the past how if you use the gps matchup raider you can see that they have a little bit of a hole there in the exact middle of the zone but to not take either one of the chiefs stars away in this game uh, they're really going to be looking at this throughout the offseason and wondering you know what they were doing and why they couldn't stop either player yeah i would i would agree with that and um you mentioned you mentioned some uh, mistakes on the the packers and there was a couple of those but i'm going to try not to to revisit it um it was also one of those sort of games like we've seen how they lost to the 49ers uh, last uh, season in the nfc championship game and obviously they kind of just ran into a buzz saw the 49ers were the better team who had already uh, beaten the men's season similar to what happened with the uh, the Buccaneers this year but I, I had a real confidence going into this game I had a real confidence in this team as the season progressed that it, it felt like last year they got there and that was as far as it was going to go this year it felt like um, you know real unfinished business when the game was over and unfortunately just got away from them a little bit uh, you know started the second half uh, kind of felt like the game was over there then they managed to get back into it and uh, even with forcing those turnovers from uh, Tom Brady just uh, couldn't kind of generate the offense needed and then obviously kicked a field goal there near the end and didn't get the ball back so a lot of things you can look into um, I, I must admit after the game and uh, yesterday which would have been Monday recording this on Tuesday were two very uh, tough kind of days to, to to go through uh, i've kind of come to I'm starting to come to the acceptance of the result at this point um it feels like uh this year i thought super bowl was the minimum to, to get to it not to win it i thought it was obviously gonna be very tough whoever they faced 
in the Super Bowl. But I think that's enough for our uh, our, our weekend recap, uh, and we'll get into the good stuff now. Let's talk uh, looking forward uh, to what could happen in fantasy football as we move forward here. But before we do that. On today's show, we're going to be talking uh, about best ball leagues, and of course, that'll be starting up. Uh, it has started up already, but we'll be getting into real full swing now in the coming weeks and months. And uh, the tools that we'll be talking about on today's show as well are all up on rotaviz.com. And as we like to mention on the show, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a one year Rotoviz subscription by applying the discount code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. You can find out more information as well on rotaviz.com forward slash podcast, but it does get you access to all of the content on the site, all of the tools on the site. And that's like, you know, what we can highlight here on a, a weekly or a twice a week basis is the different content and tools. And uh, there's no doubt about it, it'll, it'll help you for your 2021 season. You won't regret signing up. So you can also. Sign up and get that 10% off as well, RV Radio 2021. Sean, when we look at it, we're going to look on today's show about uh, best ball from a kind of a, a standardized format. Obviously, with the FFPC, it's going to be tight end premium, but we're also then on Thursday's show going to look a little bit about uh, best ball from a super flex uh, perspective. So lots of best ball talk coming up this week. But as always, for our listeners, um, you know, you can decipher your own information from the players that we talk about as to how to address those in other formats whether it's dynasty or kind of just your standard uh, season-long league so lots to discuss sean but when we talk about uh, tight end premium in particular no matter if it's best ball or what format there there really isn't uh, anyone that you can pick you mentioned him already at the start of the show travis kelsey you know when we talk about players particularly when we look at age profiles and that we start to look at players who tail off and the tight end position obviously tends to stick around a little bit longer kind of has a peak a little bit higher uh, as as they get older at the um travis kelsey is somebody who at this point is almost starting to we talk about tom brady defying father time travis kelsey keeping things going actually probably looking better as each year goes on um and when we're looking at tight end premium i guess uh, he's the place to start so in this particular best ball draft that that you've done uh, along with Blair you had the 104 spot uh, Travis Kelsey went at 103 and I think probably the thinking knowing with our previous conversations and and how we like to at- attack these uh, particular drafts getting that tight end the elite tight end uh, is, is a big part of that kind of strategy but he went one pick before you I don't think there's anything uh, wrong at all with that taking him at that point it's obviously very early but uh, you only get one shot at Travis Kelsey if we're looking at the the second tight end coming off the board then it was at the 110 with George Kittle who I still think is really ascending and we're going to see them guys probably uh, pretty close in points you know on a yearly basis for the next year or two had a had quite a few injuries this season but we look at it Dalvin Cook went off the board first and then we had Christian McCaffrey then Travis Kelsey and I think those three guys if we're looking at best ball in a tight end premium format or you know in any format they are the three guys at the the top of the ladder there and i think there's a, a kind of a clear split after that for for you are they the the clear the three at the top of the the top of the pecking order i think so you mentioned that we have some of these little bit later breakouts from the tight ends certainly some interesting stories to come out of the tight end position and darren waller the latest there with the struggles that he overcame and he's now very much the focal point of that las vegas raiders offense some of the plays that he made down the stretch and he he plays like a big athletic wide receiver his ability to go up and compete for the ball in the air to 
have that body control as he's you know flying through the sky very very impressive and almost impossible to take away the Raiders are going to hope that their young wide receivers can take the next step in 2021 but they have a lot to prove both Ruggs and Edwards pretty big disappointments as rookies Gruden has said that he thinks they're going to be stars and it's possible that that will move in that direction a little bit next season but a very very long way to go so i think that those three guys give you a very clear and league winning type of foundation we know that the roster construction explorers consistently tell us tell us that drafting these tight ends early set your roster up to completely dominate now that's true even when you're not in the tight end premium but when you're in these ffpc drafts it just gives you such a huge advantage the numbers are so clearly in that direction you have to think very very hard if you're going to pass on any of these guys i know that blair and i were very disappointed when kelsey came off the board one pick ahead of us now to take him with the 103 to take him with the 104 with some of those running backs who are available in that range you know that is a little bit of a difficult pick but you look at travis kelsey and you jump in to the best ball win rate explorer which has all kinds of crazy information that's now updated with the 2020 results you have the summary table that gives you all the win rates for the different players you have the player win rate explorer you can go in and look at a lot of the history for the different guys you have the positional heat map which will give you pick by pick how the individual positions have affected win rate you've got the stack analysis you've got the stack explorer so a tool that will let you dive into the best ball universe and really lose yourself for hours in there if you want but one of the things that we can do is we can go in and we can look at travis kelsey now we know that even for the superstars it's difficult to maintain elite win rates through the years because if someone is underdrafted in one season they tend to be drafted you know toward their ceiling in the next we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed season they have injuries you just have such a high expectation in the first place when you're drafted you know in the first or second round because you're going against whoever that year's christian mccaffrey album camara is even if you have a good season you know your win rate's not going to be that high because it's still stepped on by that year's star then we go and look at travis kelsey and we see 2017 a 13.7 win rate 2018 an 11.9 win rate 2019 11.4% win rate and then despite all of that and people knowing how good he is and drafting him early he goes at a 19% win rate this past year despite being drafted ninth overall so Sugar Ray Leonard Roberto Duran 
Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. 2021 could always be the year that that run ends. Uh, you know, at some point, you think he's maybe going to have a little bit of nagging injuries. Patrick Mahomes could always have something happen, and that would definitely be bad for his situation there. We know what happens to George Kittle when they don't have at least a solid QB in play. That's been one of the issues for the 49ers. You know, injuries both to Kittle and to his quarterbacks. But going forward here, and you know, this pick at the 103 happened before the AFC Championship game. If anything, Travis Kelsey just adds to the legend. And with all of that happening, I mean, you can consider him at the 101. One of the things that was interesting here, Dalvin Cook went number one, Christian McCaffrey went number two. I think that a few owners at least are going to be spooked by the fact that he didn't have just the one injury this past season, but there were several things that kept him out. And we're going to talk a little bit about Dalvin Cook on Thursday's show. But before we look at him, I think that the interesting thing here at the running back position is that Alvin Kamara lasts to the 105, right? Or he lasts to the 106 overall. He's the fifth running back selected. And, you know, I can see him going after Cook. I made the argument for that even going into this past season. You can see him going after Christian McCaffrey but the fact that Blair and I took Saquon Barkley, another owner took Derrick Henry, who again is very much at ceiling in terms of everything that he is doing, and lets Alvin Kamara fall below that, it really goes back to this uncertainty at quarterback, right? Drew Brees not looking very good in the NFC playoffs. The assumption there that Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston or perhaps even a third player could be the quarterback for them in 2021, although defined sort of a a third signal caller there i think when they've got a couple of decent options might be tricky when you consider how many different teams are going to be looking at that this next year matthew stafford obviously an option for some of these teams that are in win now mode if all of that goes through but you look at some of these teams that have salary cap concerns like the saints and they're going to be tricky elements to all of that so we look at alvin Kamara, we pull out the game splits tool And we see that in Taysom Hill, when he's the main quarterback, there was this gigantic collapse in value from 29 points per game with Drew Brees down to 14 points per game with Hill. Colin, what are your thoughts on that? Now, we wouldn't expect him to score only 14 points per game with a full offseason working with Hill. We also know that this time period sort of overlapped with a time when Alvin Kamara was maybe not as healthy as he was in a lot of the rest of the season when he was putting up some of those big numbers. He did rally and return in week 16 to put up the mega score to win leagues for fantasy owners everywhere. That was when he seemed to get a little healthier again. Drew Brees was back. What should we be expecting from Alvin Kamara in 2021 and how early would you draft him? In terms of uh, you know the concern, we, we've kind of talked about this concern pretty much all season uh, between the differences with or without Drew Brees. And the, the unusual thing is that Brees obviously is a the end of his physical powers and his physical gifts as what we would have known him you know five six seven years ago um but the one thing he did have was the uh decision making as to you know when best opportunities were provided to get alvin kamara the ball and the other part of it was that he doesn't have the rushing ability that 
uh, Taysom Hill has. So, you know, he wasn't eating into Kamara's rushing work. But in terms of like, there isn't a single stat really that went better for Kamara when Breeze was out and when Taysom Hill was in. If we look through those four games with Hill, 11 games without him, and you know he's pretty much got half the PPR points. He goes from 14.2 to 29.23. Um, we look at the receptions, 2.5 a game versus with Breeze, 6.6 a game. Uh, no receiving touchdowns. He had, you know, uh, basically half receiving touchdowns spread out throughout those 11 games with Breeze. Just everything dropped off. Uh, receiving targets, halved, four with Hill and eight with breeze uh, just everything really tailed off in a major major way um and that there's the major concern what we're looking for with kamara is obviously we have the rushing ability um and like he's going to get his rush attempts and that's all well and good but where we, where we see the ceiling with kamara is what he does in the passing game um, and, and that's where there's a huge drop off in terms of the production with Taysom hill so we just have to kind of wait and see i guess what happens with the saints over the the next kind of three or four months what they decide to do uh what breeze finally decides to do whether he maybe changes mind decides to come back or how things all shake out there but if it's hell that's the quarterback there's a lot of concerns so obviously if you're doing your draft now there's gonna be concerns with that um where i would be looking to take him if we're looking into this particular season you know you have the the question marks with kamar or with saquon barkley coming back of his injury as well um derrick henry as you mentioned just kind of had a ceiling I think that he's been drafted at a fair spot here, um, you know, as that fifth running back. The other player that's going just after him, who I kind of hyped up a bit on last week's show, is Jonathan Taylor. If I was going and and drafting at the moment, I think I would be taking Jonathan Taylor with that uh, third running back spot. And then I think I would take Alvin Kamara after that. Even with all my concerns, um, the one thing you did mention there that I would highly agree with is they're going to have a fall-off season if Breeze decides to, to step away, if they decide to go with Taysom Hill, or if they decide um, to go with Jameis Winston, whatever the, the shake-up is with the quarterback position. And I think with that in mind, uh, they'll be able to get production out of Kamara because we also seen Michael Thomas really fall off this season, and I, I don't think it's that Michael Thomas is going to be uh, no good uh, as an NFL wide receiver anymore. I think it's very much a situation of what happened this season and his injuries and uh, I think the the Saints will have to reshuffle things, but I, I still think there's a lot of value uh, in Alvin Kamara, and that, you know at the top end production levels, he is as good as anybody in the NFL. I think that's true, and I think that here one of the things that was interesting: the same owner that took Kamara took Michael Thomas coming back through in the second round. That owner definitely betting on the Saints to bounce back. <laughs> He's all in. <laughs> yeah, all in there, bounce back offensively. I think that's an interesting play. You're definitely getting two of the NFL stars at a little bit of a discount to what you would have otherwise. The situation with Michael Thomas is interesting because he is starting to get a little bit older. He came into the NFL at somewhat of an advanced age. So he's one of those guys who, even though he feels very much in mid-career, is maybe a little bit later on in terms of that age curve that we look at and then when you combine it with these injuries and he had several injuries this past season and several injuries that may have been even a little bit more significant than they let on there was some discussion of you know why is he not getting targeted in the playoffs is it some kind of personality thing with drew Brees? i don't think that either one of them are going to be letting personalities get in the way of trying to win the super bowl in, in Breeze final season he's very very limited one of the things that we no is that historically being injured is actually not a good thing 
in terms of wide receivers bouncing back you think okay well they just get healthy and then they're good to go again you know we've seen situations like with an aj green where people ignored both the fact that he had sort of been injured slash refused to play for several years and was getting much much older and then he comes back and he looks like someone who should be out of the nfl now michael thomas younger than that has elite production much more recently but aj green isn't just an example he fits in with what the historical numbers show us and so we want to be a little bit aware of that i thought it was interesting that thomas went ahead of stefan diggs here diggs with the monster season really sort of a culmination of what he's been building to and the questions in that offense do not revolve around the quarterback or anything with his health so a little bit of a surprising pick you have justin jefferson going immediately after that aj brown some guys i might like a little bit better but michael thomas if he bounces right back you're looking at someone who could again lead the nfl in receptions and you're getting a decent deal colin the next running back who was pretty interesting here ezekiel elliott goes at 111 he was actually the rb3 in the super flex draft that blair and i are doing and so this i thought was pretty interesting uh, we talked on the show last week about this dynasty startup mock that samuel wallace and i are working on it's been a really cool exercise to try and think through the dynasty implications of the 2020 season i have a couple of shares of ezekiel elliott even though i have been below the market throughout his career on him many times in the wrong this past year maybe in the right but i did try and buy low in a couple of leagues and i'll be very interesting in tracking these this move from elliot right actually a couple of leagues that i have the best teams in and so i'm, I'm very very engaged in terms of what elliot's value will be and so i'm sort of torn between wanting to be a believer and buying into this idea that he's going to bounce back that we see very clearly in where he's being drafted with the concerns that i have about the direction he's been going in now we've documented the fact that his receiving value has been falling off a little bit over the last several years his efficiency has been disturbing we look at fantasy points over expectation and we can see that those have been falling for a while now really when elliot was at his peak he was one of these guys who was just destroying opposing defenses every time you touched the ball you were scared that he was going to go for 20 30 yards the offense had so much potential he's going to score all of these touchdowns really sort of a, a derrick henry type of presence but also a big time receiver those things are going away a little bit and so now owners are faced with this question of how much of it were injuries to elliot himself where he was very very limited he missed the one game tony pollard goes off how much of it was the quarterback situation and then how should we really look at that for 2021 knowing that there are still some uncertainties there there's no guarantee that elliot comes back and is suddenly ready you know people chasing david johnson's points through the years have gotten absolutely crushed people who we're hoping that after Le'Veon Bell holds out for the season when he's coming off a spectacular season then is going to go and at least be solid for the Jets. We find out it wasn't the Jets, right? It was Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's in a situation there in Kansas City where he can barely run forward. And so it's not a no-brainer that Elliott bounces back. On the other hand, we know that in the first five games of last season, he was the easy number one running back overall in terms of expected points, 
right? So his volume situation in that offense with Dak Prescott was extraordinary. He has a, a similar situation, except a lot worse because his quarterback was out for much more of the season, where in his split for Prescott averages 23 points per game in his split with the rest of the quarterbacks averages just under 12. The one thing I would throw out there is that even in those first five games, he was averaging negative fantasy points over expectation. So not the same kind of thing that we're seeing from the other stars who get their volume and then do more with it than you might expect for, for the exact reason that, that they are stars. So looking at this for next year, you know, would you be trying to sell Elliot if you can get him get a trade going at these prices if you are starting over with 2021 purely from a redraft perspective is he someone you're looking at if he falls to the end of the first round my feeling with Elliot heading into this coming season now at the moment I think there's going to be a huge variance in his uh, perceived value by either side of the coin whether it's that he's overvalued or undervalued we'll be talking about that as well on Thursday's show in terms of where he, he went in the the, the Superflex uh, draft, but I just think that there's such a difference in perception. Some people say the first five weeks of the season, things were going pretty good with Prescott in there, and then it all fell apart after that. The one part that you're uh, explaining there is obviously the efficiency wasn't really there. He was putting up numbers, but the numbers that he should have been putting up uh, should have been a little bit higher. So he was averaging, uh, you know, he was getting his kind of 20 carries a week at that, that point of the season, but didn't hit 100 yards rushing in any of those games. Uh, did have five touchdowns on the ground and then had one touchdown through the air, but he was getting a lot of volume. You know, he, he was having six reception games, eight reception games, and really not putting up a huge amount of yardage with them. So he was getting a lot of volume, um, but probably was, you know, was coming in under what as you mentioned what we would have been expecting for those fantasy points so i have i have real concerns long term about elliot um we've always i don't know if everyone has but there's always been kind of whispers about um off the field and issues with elliot he's, each off season something kind of pops up and um almost had the hold out for the contract a couple of seasons back so there's a lot of questions there i do think he will be better with prescott and the team versus without prescott but the one thing that I have concerns about is can he be what he was two or three years ago with that efficiency? And at the moment, I just don't think he can. I think there's a number of running backs that I would be taking in those spots. Now, at the back end of the first round, um, I think that's that's the range where we're getting in. You know, between um, kind of, I would imagine between that one eleven and the two o five is probably the the sweet spot for him to go. But I would be much closer to the the two o five spot than the the one eleven. Um, he went just ahead of Austin Eckler. I would be taking him ahead of him. Um, the one concern then, uh, the the next kind of player that I'd uh, be looking to take ahead of him is Aaron Jones. But the concern there is I don't expect him to be back with the Packers and Landon spot could make a, a huge difference to his value. So. With him going at that two o three spot, um, he could end up being a huge uh, kind of undervalue there. Um, but again, depending on Latin spot, that could change very, very quickly. So, I I think uh, I would be holding off at Elliot at that particular spot. The other pick, somewhat early, that I thought was interesting here is that J.K. Dobbins goes at the two o four, right? The two o five, and. That's a situation right after Darren Waller and just after Chubb and Aaron Jones are off the board that I would expect to be seeing players like Cam Akers, like DeAndre Swift, players who have demonstrated an ability to catch some passes and to get consistent volume in their offenses. Maybe even players like Antonio Gibson, who was a, 
a top five running back in the NFL for a stretch there before the turf tail came up. Blair and I drafted him with the fourth pick in round three. Maybe a James Robinson, who was very clearly the best rookie running back in the NFL last season. Or even a Josh Jacobs, someone I'm not a fan of, but who has that rushing volume again in an offense that we would expect to be fairly explosive in 2021. You could even make a case for the rookies, Harrison, Etienne, going in there and scoring a lot of points immediately and having a lot more receiving involvement in their offenses. Now, the Ravens have this incredible rushing offense. We know they're going to be down there by the goal line a lot. Even with Lamar Jackson scoring rushing touchdowns, we had J.K. Dobbins scoring a bunch from inside the five. I think that's an encouraging sign for someone who isn't particularly a big running back. And the idea that Dobbins could really take over this backfield and be sort of a co-star with Lamar Jackson is not one that I'm necessarily selling. I have Dobbins as someone I drafted uh, in some rookie drafts last year. I think that this Baltimore Ravens offense is going to bounce back despite sort of the debacle in the wind and the cold in the playoffs. And the Ravens are going to score a ton of points in the 2021 season. What were your thoughts here about him going ahead of Akers and Swift would you prefer those other two rookies or is Dobbins someone who has his own type of floor that's very exciting? I think I would prefer uh, the the other two rookies. But the one thing I would say is like when we're looking at uh, baseball ADP, uh, particularly when we're looking at a, a one draft, you know, how things shake out, you will see some players, undoubtedly somebody likes that player and they're going to jump a little bit ahead of the queue to make sure they get him. So maybe that could have been what has happened here with Dobbins. But I, I think it's he's, he's like it's not a, a hugely uh, egregious uh, jump there. And I think, like I've always said that I thought Dobbins was a, a 2021 play even when he was drafted last year and i think you know we've seen them move away obviously from ingram but there's still still a couple of mice to feed in that backfield the, the one concern would be uh, does lamar eat into those russian touchdowns um, and that kind of upside but i, I really like dobbins and I, I really like what he he brings i think you know depending on on the day i could i could pick between him and deandre swift i think at the moment the clear favorite uh, out of the three of those would be cam Akers, but you know, it took quite a while for him to, to grab a hold in that backfield as the season went on. So I, I can see people having different opinions on, on those uh, on those three particular players. The one thing, John, that I wanted to highlight just in terms of the, the first kind of five or six rounds of this draft, having it in front of us here as we, we talk through it on the show, is the, the volume of running backs that have gone over the volume of wide receivers. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how drafts are going to shake out and how many wide receivers will be going in those first couple of rounds and i know i know we're looking at baseball i know it's tight end premium but if we look at it through those um first two rounds we have seven wide receivers going off the board through those first two rounds and there's only four wide receivers off the board in round three so through three rounds there's a uh, 11 wide receivers being picked and i just think that you know we talk about it year on year i think for Rotoviz listeners, for Rotoviz subscribers, I think it's going to lead to positive signs when it comes to your your drafting in 2021. Were you surprised just at the volume of running backs drafted um, in this particular format? Not necessarily surprised, I guess, because it's very well established how owners <laughs> are going to play these leagues. I was a little bit thrown by a couple of teams starting with three consecutive running backs. We know that that is not really the way to play it one of the things that is difficult to 
do when you're looking at the roster construction explorers for 2020 is to really get a sense for what would have happened if drafts had been a little bit more the way they should be right so we have travis kelsey's win rate really stepping on the win rates of everybody else and then we have michael thomas who got injured and so this idea of okay what would happen if you drafted a wide receiver in round one that's a little bit harder question to answer because it's basically michael thomas and the players who would have lifted that up like a tyreek hill a Devonte adams some of those other stars are going in round two but the thing that we can see when we go in and and this is the huge value of the roster construction explorers you know if you like to play best ball and are thinking about subscription it'll definitely pay back your money right away is that it will give us a good sense of what's happened and you can look year to year to year if there's a trend that's happened in 2017 2018 2019 2020 and those things are not changing then you can say okay well this is what's going to happen then in the future or at least this is what is likely to happen and we look at these adp shifts one of the things that was happening going into the 2020 season is that the really running back heavy drafts had not been as successful as people thought and yet they were chasing running backs even more so you're taking a an approach that has some serious flaws and you're making it worse by making those running backs more expensive well one of the things that we found from this is if you started running back running back in 2020 you had a win rate that was below average and you're looking at that in the ffpc format that is very very favorable to the running back where you don't need to start a lot of wide receivers because of the 2-2-2 format with two running backs two wide receivers two flexes then you know that up to four running backs could go in that lineup so if there is a way to get running backs in and to draft a lot of running backs and have that work for you you would expect to see it show up in this format and one of the things that you do see is that when you contrast the approach for ffpc with best ball tens for example you do see that a more running back heavy approach is successful in the ffpc by comparison but it's still not nearly as successful as people think and so one of the things again that we want to make sure listeners do is to get that early tight end make sure you have enough wide receivers on your roster because it's those guys that you still do want to have in your flex position and again so much of what happens early is going to relate to what happens later on so if you start running back running back but then are very wide receiver heavy or you're able to get that next tight end maybe a mark andrews then that changes the look of that early roster but if you start with running backs and then you stay balanced from that point you're not going to be in good shape in these formats so interesting i think to see the running backs still go early we do have hill up there we do have adams up there i think that makes sense it's exciting to see a couple of wide receivers at least in the first round and i'm excited to do a lot more of these blair and i are going to be doing the best ball workshop for the site in order to make sure that we're staying up with all the developments we are playing these leagues ourselves and so not only do we have money in it but we're following it and so if you are interested in checking that out the best ball workshop will be up on the site mike beer's fantastic tools including the best ball uh, win rate explorer and then the roster construction explorers uh, they'll give you this really cool insight e- even if you don't play a lot but play some and are interested in how this might help you play your redraft leagues better by learning what works in best ball that's one of the things that i found is that it's made me an even better redraft player to write about best ball we've seen how some of those things can work out with the 
success that Rotoviz owners and listeners and readers have had in the 2020 season. So I encourage you to go check those out. They're a lot of fun and we'll, we'll keep you up to date on some of the developments in these early drafts. Yeah. And I echo uh, exactly what Sean has said there that, you know, uh, some the best ball workshops are some of the best content you'll get anywhere uh, on the internet in terms of fantasy football and of course when you do sign up to a subscription you, you get full access to all that all the tools that we talk about in today's show and just a quick uh, mention again rv radio 2021 gets you 10 percent off a road of a subscription when you do sign up that's going to do it for today's edition of the show we will be back on thursday with another podcast we'll be looking into some best ball super flex and talking through how the quarterback position will affect things and and where maybe some of the the differences in uh, adp and draft slot uh, occurred in that draft versus the one we talked about on today's show um and and looking forward to doing that again so until we're back then you can always follow me on twitter at overtime ireland you can check out all of sean's great work up on the road of his website of course and until we're back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.